Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah. You came out at two and a half years old. You have, you're, in a, you're in a thruple in your early 20s. I mean, that's like really advanced gay shit. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week, we have Gideon Glick on this podcast, and oh, is he gorgeen. You have seen him in the original cast of Spring Awakening on Broadway, you've watched him in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and recently you saw him in Maestro, playing Bradley Cooper's lover in that Oscar-nominated film. You've also seen him in a whole lot more, which we get into, but spoiler alert, I fangirl a bit in this episode. Uh, I do, but I, I try to keep it in check. And other spoiler alert is I recorded this episode while in Mexico, where I ran into a man from my past, uh, specifically 13 years in my past. So I did end up doing an epilogue to the story on the Patreon, which you can access at patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. Uh, the other thing I want to say before we get into this Gorgine epistrine is I'm running a very exciting contest on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, I want you to comment by clicking the five-star review button, hey ploy, by clicking the five-star review button and then telling me in the review what character actress you would save if the world was ending and why. Make it witty, make it bitchy, make it bright. What is it? Make it, wi- make it witty, make it pretty, make it bright. I like my version better. If you do that contest, it not only helps the podcast, but also helps me see what's in your faggy bees brains. Let's get into this episode with Gideon Glick, where he talks about meeting his hot husband and their incredibly gay wedding, how Bradley Cooper told him he booked the role, and I, of course, had to ask if during Spring Awakening, he hooked up with Jonathan Groff. Make sure to submit your favorite character actress that you would save if the world was ending and why in the Apple Podcast review section. And I cannot wait to see what you facatrinis say. Gideon Glick is on That's a Gay Ass Mother Trucking Podcast. Gideon, you don't know how big of a day this is for me. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) Hi, Eric. What a joy. Uh, Gideon, I'm not going to tell you at the start how many things I've seen you in, in person and on the screen, but I just want you to know, buckle the brunch up because she's been a fan of yours (laughs) for (laughs) 
a couple of years. Um, Gideon, I'm going to ask you an opening question that I must ask all fellow gay-ass Jewish girlies, which is yeah. question A. Have I listened to Barbara Streisand's memoir? That is always my first question. Have you listened to all 48 hours? <laughs> yes, I'm on my second listen. You're not joking. A friend of mine just told me he is also on his second listen, and it made me feel less than. Do you judge me for not no, having finished? No, don't let it be. Okay, okay. No, do you judge me for listening twice? Because my husband does. No, God, no, Perry. No, I um, I, I, my friend told me that he literally sees the world differently after having listened to Babs's book. He feels like she has yeah. taught him things. I think it molecularly changed me. Can you give us? Can you give the dolls um, one example of how you feel changed for good? It's a really good uh, question. I, I think, I think being a Jewish girl. Like being a, a an odd looking Jewish girl who loves to sing and act and trying to find your place in this world. I just feel I feel seen in ways. And I find that she is I, I, the word everything is such a silly word, but I actually quite literally think she is everything because she is. She's full of contradictions. Yeah. She's magnificent. Yeah. She's she is the archetype of mother, the diva, the artist, the genius. I just man, I just it. it, it it is the gift that keeps giving. But I only listen to it. I, I don't read it. And we'll make that distinction very clear. Gideon cannot read. Um, <laughs> so the the actual first Jewish girlina questiana is, uh, was Gideon Glick bar mitzvah? And if she was, what was her theme? Um, it was, I had a splash at Gideon's bar mitzvah because we had a pool party. Wait, was the party... that pa was our theme. The party was a literal six feet pool? Well, the... Uh, yeah, the the like the party for the f the friends. It wasn't like my bar mitzvah was in a pool, like uh, on top of floats. But that would have been bar I humble cannonball. Um, <laughs> and then you splash, yeah, <laughs> back dive. Um, so well, now I'm gonna get into some event planning specifics. So you had the bar mitzvah. We're out of shul. We're t we're reading our haftorah. Do we have? Yeah. Do we have? We have a kiddush. Do we have a night party for adults? What we did was. Oh my god, I'm really blanking. I think what we did was we had a we had a, a a function in our backyard for the adults, and then we had the kid party in the pool. Wow, I ask many Jewesses about their bar and bat mitzvahs, and to hear about a pool party, this is the gay ass podcast first. So Gideon, well, you know what's funny is Brandon Uranowitz, the Broadway star and genius. He also had a pool party, and he also had the same. I had a splash at Brandon's bar mitzvah. Who did it first? A AKA, who's older? <laughs> Whispers, Brandon. Um. Well, it looks like it looks like Brandon has to come on this podcast, and then we're gonna have to, or maybe we're gonna have to have a debate about whose splash was bigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, a gorgeous, a gorgeous tale of bar mitzvah gayness. Uh, do, would you say that a splashy bar mitzvah theme is a gay theme? Um, well, it depends on what kind of splash. But I would say like a water splash, not so much. But, you know, I feel like... I. First of all, what was yours? It's um. Have you done this on the podcast? Well, you, like I don't want to regurgitate. No, it's okay. We. I, I, I famously love regurgitating. Um, I wanted to do Broadway, of course, as a Barbara <laughs> Streisand 13-year-old. And then my twin brother wanted sports. So naturally, we compromised on the Mike Myers film, Austin Powers. <laughs> okay. 
wow, it was Austin Powers themed. Fascinating. Complete with uh, the most age inappropriate decor, circular beds covered in leopard print. There were cutouts of women dancing in cages at the entrance. This is all real. I Maybe I should repost some photos because uh, what were they, they thinking? <laughs> And thank you for asking, Gideon. God, it's such a good interview sub- subject. Um, so before <laughs> before we get into the famous podcast question, there's just so much I want to say. First yeah. of all, a huge mazel on Maestro. I'm just so excited well, for you. you. And one of my first questions about it is any BTS that you have about audition shit, because I love a good booking tale. When I picture Gideon Glick booking Maestro, I picture old Hollywood. I picture soundstage. I picture chemistry read. (laughs) (laughs) Care to share? Um, I wish it were that uh, magnificent. No, I, uh, I put myself on tape over zoom quite like Mm -hmm. this with the casting director. And then, I had a Zoom with Bradley, and then he asked me to be part of the movie on that Zoom, and that was it. Holy shit. So tell me you're sitting, waiting for Bradley Cooper to come into the Zoom room, or you're waiting to be welcomed in. What do we feel? Does this feel like you have to talk yourself down? What, What does an anxious Jew like us do before talking to Bradley Cooper on Zoom? There was a lot of pacing back and forth. Mm. There was telling my husband he was not allowed to come out of the bedroom. Um, and he had to go into the bedroom like 20 minutes before we started the Zoom. I had to figure out the lighting. Um, I'm really, uh, I'm glad that I asked the casting director. I thought I was going to have to read the scenes. And I asked her very, very close to the Zoom. I'm going, oh, like I'm reading the scenes. She goes, no, 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 you're just talking to him. And I was really happy because I, w- I wore um, a suit uh, for the audition because it was uh, at a formal event. So I was like, oh, I can just mm-hmm. put on a suit. Um, th- the scene was at a formal event. So I'm just happy that I didn't show up in a suit in my home to <laughs> have a casual conversation with Bradley Cooper. You know, who 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 knows? Maybe you just <laughs> wear a suit after you pour your cereal and just to... <laughs> Get the day started. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, so then he offered it to you on that Zoom call. He did. Yeah. How how does one celebrate after booking such a film? Well, actually, I was gonna. I I uh, I flew to LA that that day, so I, I to see my 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 good friend Jeffrey Self. It was his birthday, so I, I flew there to to celebrate his birthday, and so I felt I felt very fabulous and magnificent because I was jet setting to. Los yeah. Angeles, and I just booked a big movie, and so I guess were you allowed to tell? Were, could you tell Jeffrey, who, by the way, has been a illustrious guest of this podcast? So I'm loving this drop. Um, could you tell? Were you able? Were you allowed to tell anyone when you flew to no, LA? I wasn't allowed, but I did tell Jeffrey and Augie, his husband. Yeah, you fucking did. Okay, yeah. gay ass podcast exclusive. Getting click breached an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so fucking exciting. Um, I've read, on doing my research, um, you have said in interviews, this is a, your first time playing a real person, which is very, very cool. And of course, I'm not going to pl- play it cool and say like, pretend that it's no big deal that you're doing this film that is nominated for Oscars. That's like such an amazing film. So I just like want to make sure to communicate to you how excited I am for you. But I'm going to ask well, a dumb you. question that's attached to this uh, okay. statement of you playing a real person. If there was a biopic where Gideon Glick plays blank, Gideon Glick is... Is it Barbara Streisand or is it I was, someone else? I was, was going to say Barbara Streisand. <laughs> do you know who I do think could play Barbara Streisand? I've finally figured it out. And 
I might get dragged for this, especially because she's not Jewish. But I think Jennifer Lawrence could play Barbara Streisand. Because, you know, Barbara Streisand famously said, you know, who could play me? I really do think she could do it because she has this like this offbeat charm and forcefulness. And and sometimes I was watching I was watching um, Color Me Barbara the other day and sometimes she looked like her it was so well it's the twinkle it's the twinkle in the eyes i feel jennifer lawrence has the same like yeah it's called star quality hun hun Um, ever heard of it hun do you think that it'd be worth the blowback of jennifer lawrence not being jewish um yes no i don't know i i can't i can't be beholden to this this is just i know and by the way brilliant idea it is a brilliant idea, and I do. I love a hot take because sometimes we live in a world where all of a sudden you're talking to a Jewish person, and I'm gonna be like, "How do you feel about Jews, non-Jews playing Jews?" I'm not interested in having a political debate. A friend of mine, and no joke, a friend of mine told me she was with someone who didn't know a lot of Jewish people. This friend is Jewish. She was with someone who doesn't know many Jews, and they said, "So tell me about Israel and Palestine." Period. Nope. And of course, <laughs> it was like, "So um." <laughs> And then, and then, and then, and then the, the the beautiful epilogue. The person then said, "Why do you all hate Jesus?" And then, of course, <laughs> oh, so it's like I'm, I'm not going to turn this into that. But I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Um, well, you know what, Gideon, I am going to then get us into the famous gay ass podcast question, which I'm contractually obligated to ask: Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? I mean. They have to blame the beauty of men, I think. Like I, 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 I know it's it's look, it's a lame answer, but I knew I was gay from the moment I came out of my mother, not the closet, my mother. I always knew I was gay from like second grade on. I would come home and I would fantasize about my my teachers and my friends' fathers. It was just it was apparent. So. It's their fault for being so beautiful. The beauty of men is the most poetic way to describe something that not enough people come out with and say. I A lot of people, I think, try to be creative. They try to be against the grain. But let's talk about the fucking the beauty, of beauty of men. <laughs> okay, let's do the, it. The first, thing that, the first thing that pings for me is you're in school and we have a teacher thing. I myself very much had a teacher thing. Can you, we don't need to, we don't need to give uh, government names, but can you describe to me one of the teachers you had a crush on and what was about their male form that did it for you? Oh, it was my history teacher. Um, mm. Well, first of all, he was a history teacher, which is very, very I sexy. Mean, yeah. um, and he was obviously he was large and in charge Mm -hmm. and had a very firm grasp on everything he was talking about. And I think he went to Georgetown, which was sexy to me. And yeah, I had a big question on him. I love that you like as a child cared about his status of his alma mater. (laughs) (laughs) You're eight years old. I love that he's uh, a bachelor's from I'm, uh, I mean, both my parents are academics, so it's, you know, it's very important. Very important. So you care about where the degree is from, and you care about the degree of the girth of his, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Intelligence. <laughs> intelligence. Um, yeah. do, you, do you find yourself as a child and now as an adult 
does Gideon Glick have a specific type that drives him mad? Or are you kind of drawn to a wide breath? Or is there a quality physically that really pulls you in? Yeah, I mean, my husband, he's he's muscular and hairy and Jewish and perfect. So. Mm. Well, then that is a gorgeous segue where I need to ask about your gorgeous husband. So <laughs> Perry Dubin... Um, <laughs> I was doing my very important research of the Instagram. And before I get into the wedding photos that were posted, which I will be getting into. Um, oh, yeah, we can, can talk about that. <laughs> can you tell me, can you tell me the meet cute? Where did you meet your husband? So my husband and I went to summer camp, high school and college together. But Stop. we never met during any of any of that so we call each other our high school sweethearts but so he was a year above me he knew i was because i came out when i was 12 so i was like the gay kid and i was yeah. the kid doing professional theater in philly and then new york and he likes theater and his sister did plays with my brother and so he was finishing residency at penn um which is in philly which is where we're both from and i came home to take care of my mother's puppy for a week and I took out a membership at the local gym for that week, and that was his gym. And he came up to me and said hello. And I sort of thought he was, I thought he was straight. I was conf I thought he was like an awkward straight guy who liked musical theater because he kept talking about musical theater. And I, sure. I thought he was really hot, but I was like, well, I don't have time for this. I'm here for a week. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to make friends. Um, and so I left without saying goodbye. And then he befriended me on Facebook, and I saw that he had floral capri pants on in his profile picture so i thought well oh well i was i was wrong and so uh i messaged him with like immediately and we hung out that night and the rest is history oh you're not getting off that easy you hung you hung out that <laughs> night and then um and then um was there a, a first kiss and the first hang uh, there was a first everything, yeah. Oh yes! Come on, oh, we're gay men. Got to get Come out on, of the you're way. In, you're also you're in Philadelphia for a week. You've got a puppy yapping at your fucking heels. What you are you gonna gotta do? Gotta maximize penetrate? your time. You know what's really funny though is the next day I ran into my sister and she wanted to set. She was like, "Oh, I want to set you up with somebody." And I said, "No, actually, I think I just met my boyfriend." Isn't that weird? I just knew. You knew, but wait, who, did she want to set you up with someone else, or was it him? Yeah, no, it was no. That would have been crazier. But well, we can we can we can lie about the story and say it was him. Um, <laughs> Too was late. It, We're was recording. The... <laughs> Shit, I always forget. Were you um at? Did you go to the same summer camp that was a Jewish summer camp? Um. So this was like a a day camp called uh, Camp Arrowhead. So that was not a Jewish camp. I don't. I went to a Quaker camp, which was called Camp Onis in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. And then one summer, I went to French Woods, which was the theater of camp. And I, I mostly went, I mostly went because I, you know, I wanted to meet boys. I, it wasn't really about doing theater. Well, I'm so jealous of someone like you who can know so confidently and then come out at such a young age and then go to French Woods looking for cock at 11. I feel like like that that is a unique path that I did not have. I went to uh, a, a theater camp that um, I was deeply closeted, but there was a Canadian bunkmate named Quentin who I, you know, wondered and thought so much about, but never pulled the trigger. Did did you, in fact, have Were there some pulled? romance? Were there triggers yeah. pulled at French Woods? But of course, that was the that was the purpose. 
you played you played You know as um, Barbara Streisand says she quotes she quotes Goethe she goes at the moment of commitment the universe conspires to assist you and honestly I'm not that woo woo but I'll, I'll fucking sign on to that and you committed to the fucking moment of yeah. jerking and gherkin <laughs> after Les Mis <laughs> <laughs> So so then let's let's ask about the the wedding photos. Uh, Gideon Glick marries Perry Dubin, and they post a photo of was it a Bernadette Peters cake? Yeah, it was a Rice Krispie treat cake. It, uh, it's her recline. It's a pretty famous photo of her reclining on a couch with a microphone in her hand. We really wanted our wedding to be campy because weddings are so campy, and mm-hmm. I think we and and it's a gay wedding, so you had to like lean into it. And so we had our friend, I'm sorry to talk about Barbara Streisand so much, but um, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, our friend Alicia, keep it moving. No, I'm kidding. We, we love, our, we love. Our friend Alicia Umfris, um, who's this fabulous, fabulous Broadway actress and singer, um, she did a, uh, we called it our Jewish prayer, and it was, Papa, can you hear me? Into people. And it was really beautiful, and it made me cry. And um it was very campy. And then uh, our friend Sass Goldberg officiated. And then we had the, the Bernadette Peters Rice Krispie treat. So it was not officiated by a rabbi, but Sass Goldberg is the next best thing. And I almost mean, one might say even holier than. I was going to say, I think it's <laughs> a ta- Talmudic rabbi. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that so much. Do you? So. There's so many questions I have because weddings are inherently theater, first of all. And I find when theater people get married, they always do the best weddings. And I will, to absolutely, my husband and I, our own horn, because when a a couple, and I'm not going to say just a straight couple, but I will for now say, when a straight couple gets married who has never been a part of theater, you can tell. You can tell when there's, what the run of show is. You can tell. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can tell. You can tell. And our ceremony was, we knew where to hit the emotional highs and lows. We knew what the music would do. But you, of course, have like Broadway star friends singing, screaming people. So yours was up leveled even more. I mean, honestly, it was an incredible wedding. Like it really, really was. Like I think we really, we understood the drama of it all. And like, but it also had a lot of heart. And I'll say it is, we didn't want, we initially were never going to get married because we thought it was, oh, so silly. And look at us, we're gay and we're queer and we're outside the norm. And then when Trump got elected, we were just, it just sort of like, we're like, fuck, let's, let's get married and make sure at least some rights are, are, are secured. Um, And it ended up being, it's the closest thing to taking ecstasy without actually having to take ecstasy. I mean, I, it really was like a euphoric, experience it, it was beyond my comprehension so i'm i i'm so glad we did it and now i tell my friends that they're like thinking about it just really just do it and just do it the way you want i didn't let anybody nobody could tell us what to do with it and that was oh. really nice. well that's also i think a really great piece of advice because i think planning a wedding is hell it can be pure hell unless you are fully in control of your vision i mean i think Jewish weddings are the best weddings for many reasons, but we also have Jewish families and parents who also are quite opinionated. And so that also brings in a curveball or two. And so I think when it comes from the grooms, it comes from the loves getting married. I think that's really smart because I, it, Matt and I, 
amazing man. Love my husband. If in a, there's a world that we were to get divorced, and if I were to uh, marry someone else, there is no chance that I would have a wedding that was more than four and a half people. I just feel like like it's sort of a once in a lifetime planning stitch. It's so it's such a big undertaking. It is. I agree. So then with the marriage of it all, one of the shows that I did see you in that I will fangirl for a moment over is I saw you in Significant Other in Nueva York. And in this play, you play a hopeless single gay man named Jordan. My question for you is, Gideon Glick as a single man, were you as hopeless as Jordan? <laughs> what was what was Gideon's, who, who was Gideon as a single man? Um, uh, well... I, I, you know, it wasn't a monolith. It had, it had faces. So there were, there were uh, slutty faces. There were celibate faces. There were uh, puppy dog romantic faces. There were why doesn't anyone love me faces. I mean, they, it, you know, it went everywhere. Uh, you know, I, as soon as I moved to New York, I met my first boyfriend during Spring Awakening, and I, we were together for about three years, and then right after that. Wow. I fell into a, a, a three-way relationship for two years, um, and we all lived together. And it was—we were actually kind of traditional about it. They met our, like I met all the families. Uh, they met my family, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had a long, um, uh, and and funnily enough, th- th- those were all—they were all open relationships too. And so I had a, I, I, then a long uh, phase in between where I would date a lot, and then and then weirdly when I I met. Perry, I was sort of fantasizing about monogamy and like sort of fetishizing it in a way because it felt really uh, uh, foreign to me. And yeah. uh, and then it like all sort of uh, clicked together. And then we were monogamous for a while. And um, yeah, that's incredible because you th- thruppledom, I feel like is so much more of a part of the, z- the zeitgeist right now. And I hear so much about especially gay couples not worrying about what straight society will say and then also knowing how modern relationships have many different uh faces and setups and you were doing i mean spring awakening was what year was that was that like 2011 uh spring awakening was 2006 and seven but that was um that was when i was uh in uh a a, a traditional i mean uh, a couple of them not a throuple them but it was after that relationship so i i turned um i was 20 years old when i met them um cause I, I remember i turned 21 with them um wow so but so yeah that was uh uh it was a long time ago and it's what's funny is ending up with like a jewish boy from my hometown is not where i thought i was heading because i was pretty uh I thought of myself as kind of provocative at the time. I mean, you were, you were, you came out at two and a half years old. (laughs) You're in a a thruple in your early twenties. I mean, that's like really advanced gay shit. You are, you are Olympic level gay. Well, I was precocious. I was precocious. And I also, but I was also like, I had a very, uh, I had liberal parents and they were, uh, Coming out was really, really easy. And I think I just was sort of in touch with my sexuality and my desire. Like not not mm-hmm. just like knowing that I like guys, but knowing what I like about guys and so forth. I, I think that's a pretty unique experience to come out that early and have such liberal parents. Like what what was your experience before coming out? Was there kind of 
a, a long build up to knowing you wanted to say it or did it kind of happen organically? And you're like, I'm just going to say it. Uh, honestly, it, me coming out wasn't like, I have to get this off my chest. It was, we didn't have Showtime and Queer as Folk was out and I, I wanted to watch Queer as Folk. And um, so I sort of used it as um, like, like emotional blackmail and say, Hey, I'm gay. I need to see this show. And so, um, I got, I'm again, I'm super duper lucky. My mom's mentor at, at Penn is a guy named Larry Gross, who's the head of one of the leading scholars of homosexuality in the media. So he was recording all of these, uh, like he had a VHS of anything that was gay. Um, and so when I came out, first of all, he gave me all of this, um, uh, all of these uh, things to watch, but he taped every, episode of Queer as Folk. And so in the beginning, my mom and I would watch it together. And it, and that, <laughs> that that was the only excruciating part about coming out was having to watch it with her. And then very quickly into it, she was like, I don't want to do this. And I said, well, you shouldn't. So let, let and it neither be. do I, me, Ema. <laughs> um, so you really had a situation where there was leading gay Oh, yeah. professor, uh, scholar, and that was sort of ushering your parents and you into this world. I mean, it goes to show you when you have that much of not only an educated environment, but an open and warm and an inviting environment, what that can lead to, which is you not having to question your value. I think that seems to be yeah. a really beautiful outcome i agree i mean it, it's a it's also like about like the corniness of like representation matters like i grew up with larry and before i understood the word of i am gay and what the meaning was i remember when larry would come come to the house and it wasn't a sexual desire in any way but i would see him and he had this big turquoise ring and i went oh he's like me i'm like him and i didn't know what it meant but i guess maybe this is really your answer but that was when i, I was like oh that i think this is what yeah. I, it was it was it was the clarity and this the sort of really nascent understanding of this is my identity without really having the vocabulary yet because i was so young and feeling seen and feeling safe and feeling kindred it's I have this like I'm having this experience right now of a really positive jealousy like a really like I don't feel any um, sense of like like badness at all it makes me a little emosh because it's something that is so beautiful to see which is an environment of joy acceptance that causes someone to celebrate themselves i think so many queer people and it's not to say that you or anyone who has accepting parents and by the way my parents of course were accepting and great who like many people said things that they didn't understand were the wrong thing to say and they learned and they're great but just anyone that knows that their value is detached from who they're attracted to or you know what the world says about them it's so different from someone who is told by their religion or by their families or by their friends that you're going to burn in hell you you're going to get aids and die you like all you know it's just it's so i i can see you seeing the turquoise ring and it's like such a joyous vision in my mind well thank you i know i'm uh i'm very lucky I, you know it's interesting i think the only like sort of like it wasn't even shame. It was, I, I remember like early memory of like when I would uh, 
like literally touch myself and i i and it was is this right or wrong that that was the extent of it because it's not something and, and young like really young and and understanding okay is that is that okay and and that, that was like the only thing that i ever questioned it was ne- never my attraction yeah 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 and that the, the touching of yourself is and is this okay i mean i'm sure a lot of us me very much included I was so worried about the the children who i was flushing down the drain i like i remember just feeling like like when i would come and i would be like oh my god thousands of humans like that was no, like really you, that was you, my, you felt it was wasteful i felt wait i'm first and foremost uh, uh green very green <laughs> I, reci- I recycle. I, I see you I, were really ahead of ahead of the time there too, and we should celebrate oh yeah, that. I, have, I was I was sucking metal straws and <laughs> keeping all my cum. Uh, no, I just like I didn't understand about masturbation. I didn't understand that like, um, I mean, yeah, there's so many layers. Of course, when you're like, is it okay to a do it at all, and then b like yeah. to think about what you're thinking about? Did you ever? try to think about women was it or you or you always knew you always knew i always knew but i would uh, i would uh i would experiment with like i'd be like well let's try it on and i'm like oh i'm not i'm not interested in that but it you know it wasn't like oh god i hope this works yeah 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 i did i i would watch sex in the city and i've talked about this before but i would try to fantasize about Samantha Jones and then inevitably I was just pretending okay. I was Samantha Jones. <laughs> I know. I, my boyfriend is the fuck. <laughs> Turns out I just wanted to fuck Smith Jarrett. <laughs> we all did. Still do. Yeah. Still do. Still do. Uh, so then uh, let us get into uh, another Gideon Glick highlight of another show that I've seen you in that I loved you in. Um, of course, Spring Awakening was huge, huge for me, huge for you. Uh, when you said you had this boyfriend in your Spring Awakening days, can we confirm that it was or was not Jonathan Groff? <laughs> it was not Jonathan Groff. <laughs> All right. Listen, you can't blame a girl for asking. Um <laughs> Was there any, I know this was now literally 58 years ago, but do you have any memories of being a very young gay person doing this hit Broadway show with a lot of other young people? Was there like, between the cast, was there, um, was it college vibes? Was it like, we are hooking up and emotional roller coaster vibes? You know, I think, I mean, there was a little bit of, of, incest i guess uh i know that the i i think the tour was really they were the horny horny cast because they were also insulated and so i think they were all on top of each other um but that was not our cast um we were also like mixed with a high school student i mean i was a senior in high school we had we had 15 year olds so it was you know i i i i think we were pretty professional there was a little bit of intermingling just because we were young and 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 you know horny but um but it felt like you know off broadway felt like summer camp and then on broadway felt like college i i think that's it's that's an apt apt metaphor yeah yeah well ironically i went to college uh at the atlantic theater company where <laughs> it was the fi- it was the final years of spring awakening on broadway and so i think i saw the show like <laughs> 85 times <laughs> but um 
are you mad that I try to one up you and say I went to Atlantic for college? Is that <laughs> is that gross? You can say it. Is that gross? Well, I went to NYU. So don't get it twisted. Okay, Wait, honey, what studio was she? What there? studio was she in? I majored in art history. Oh, now you are better than me. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry. Did Did you study abroad? No, I didn't. I never got to. All right, I win. I win. Where did you go? I want you to guess. If you see you see Eric Williams, he's a precocious 20-year-old, and he wants to study abroad. Where did he go? And it's not theater-related. Paris. Yeah, God. I feel like you just <laughs> called me I feel like you just called me a slur without saying fag. Babe. No, Paris. Paris Paris was the uh the first trip I took by myself, right? Like, I'm gonna spend my own money and and get an apartment for a week and and so it was uh, it was very romantic did you any did you have any parisian love um no it was just romantic walking around per- which it and and it is and it is and it, i um i when i was studying abroad i was so i mean talk about the shame of it all when i came out my um i've told the story but basically the short version is my twin brother got a very short sex talk wear a condom have some fun my parents come into my room three hours later i found out that i was gonna you know be taken advantage of by an older man get hiv etc etc um the joke that i think i used to tell was if you're not on prep by rosh hashanah you will get aids by hanukkah of course (laughs) prep was not around but anywho um, i was deeply i was deeply afraid of sex and i was on the metro in paris when i was studying abroad and there was this really fucking hot guy eyeing each other and um, I got his phone number at the end of the night, and then we were gonna go ha- like have a date, hang out. That's so ballsy. And I know I I was a little I was a little um I think I was mostly trying to prove that I could have a French conversation, to be honest, and speak with a hot man. And then we were gonna hang out, and then he kept texting me asking why did I want to hang out, and I think he was trying to confirm that I would put out. I think that's what that was. Okay. And I and kept then? just saying. And then I said, because I was so afraid of like being sexual and like whatever, I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for French friends. I'm looking mm-hmm. to hang out with French. And then he stopped responding. <laughs> so like I like, but like he also lived like a five minute walk from where I was living. And like, oh, I, you know, I know. But do you, but do you, I, should I go try to find him? <laughs> yeah, go to Paris. I will say that I, I, uh, Paris is interesting. It, it feels like people, uh, People make eye contact and like people cruise, I think, a little bit more aggressively in Paris than in New York. Oh, he was um, he was cruisy. He was cruisy dot biz. I mean, I was on the metro fully being cruised down the house down boots. Yeah. 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 We love a Parisian cruise. And also, like, there's something about I don't know. There's something about a European gay person that it just, you know, it's like the water in New York. It just feels like it's higher quality. <laughs> I think it is. I um, I'm trying to get better at, at at following up on on the cruise because you know we grew up on the internet. Like uh, I was going on like xy.com and like AOL chat rooms, and that's how I I started to learn how to talk to men. Um, and so I I, I still Cruising, feel like it's I'm, very it's very vulnerable. It's very yeah. Um, I feel like stunted where I'm like I could just say hi, but then I'm like stuck. Oh my god! Can I tell you something that Please. I Okay, so it's not very much connected to what we're talking about it, but it but the cruising of it all r- reminds me of this. So, where I'm calling from right now, 
is actually not where I usually live. I'm actually calling from the country of Mexico, if you can Okay, got it. And I'm here on a, a birthday trip of like 40 people who I was kind of a plus one. So okay. I was walking in being like, I don't know anyone. Because I'm gay, I'm learning this experience in real time. And you're a part of it, Gideon Glick. The experience I'm learning is that when you're gay, you in fact do know everyone. And the second, the first person walks in that I've seen this group is my friend, Jason, who I didn't know was going to be here. He's done this podcast. You saw him in Book of Mormon, Jason Michael Snow. We love him. Okay. Huge, huge star. Him. Oh my gosh, Jason. Hi, this is incredible. We're so fucking happy. Second person who walks in, a man I have had penetrative sex with. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, fine. Third person walks in, friend of a friend, fine. Fourth guy who walks in, I worked with him. I worked at a restaurant with him 13 <laughs> years ago in New York City. I made eye contact, contact, kind of cruised him a little bit, realized who he was, and I still have not said hi to him. <laughs> I would do the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to like have to do like a Patreon after show after this weekend to give the update on if I talk to um I want to know. Jul oh my god. I'm like he I'm like I was 21 years old when I worked with this man and he looked at me like I think I was cruising him and he was like looking at me like he should call a a a government a, a, a police person. But like um but I can't wait to to message you after and let you know um, if <laughs> we ha if we had a reconnect and what if we make furious Mexican love? I, I you must message me immediately if so. Hey, Eric here with a quick interruption to tell you I did in fact make contact with my ex coworker slash flirter slash yummy Brazilian man. If you would like the update and the epilogue to that story, I posted the full thing on the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash gay ass podcast. And for $5 a month, you're getting episodes like that and more saucy things to come. Back to the app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I will. I'll, I'll, the lighting, your lighting is really good in, in Mexico. Is that natural lighting that you have? It's right Mexican now? lighting. Yeah, it's Mexican That's lighting. That's amazing. Thank you for, th Thank you for saying so. Yeah. And there's, I'm actually looking at a bird. Um, I can sort of see it in your glasses. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. This is not my my apartment. So anyone who's looking at this, the, this world behind me is, it's interesting, but it, it's not mine. It's not your, and it's not your um, artistic taste of de decor? No, but I don't mind it. It's uh, uh, it's cute. It is cute, Gideon. And you know what is really cute, too, is the next gay-ass podcast question, which I'm going to ask in three, two, one. If the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Oh, my God. One character actress. Oh, fuck. That's like, uh, it's really hard. It's really and hard. I want to validate your experience right now. It is hard, but I want you to know that we've already talked about some beautiful pop culture girlinas, and whoever you say will be embraced. But I want you to know that you have a lot of people listening. Um, well, obviously, you know, Barbara Streisand says she's not a character actress, so I, I, I can't say Barbara Streisand. Does it have to be a character actress? Can it just be? Let me tell you something. A lot of people, it can. And a lot of people message me who listen to this and they they still say they have existential crises about what is a character actress. I say it is a female actor above the age of 40 who has worn one wig once. Wait, we think you can't be a character actress if you're under 40? You can, but I'm trying to give some sort of like guidelines so people feel like they have direction. But if you give a... I mean, like, listen, we can say... it. Now I'm. I don't want to get canceled by saying some like random. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> no, I'm actually absolutely not going to say the name. I was going to say. Um, we can absolutely say that. Here's a, here's a controversial one. Do you think like Do you think like Jenna Ortega would be considered a character actress? You mean because she's played a character, Wednesday? Dragon Is that what we're saying? Sis. I don't well, know. No, but I, just, no like, it, I think it's a really good question. I, I, I'm not dragging you because I've, I've only seen her in Scream and I've seen her in, in Wednesday. I, the thing I, is, like, character actress is such a... Actors play characters, so it's a very odd... So are we talking about, like, is it about their capacity to transform? Yeah, I think it. I think it's the capacity to transform, and then for gay people like us to feel represented in their unabashed bigness and taking up space as the character. That's what I think. There's like a connector. There's a connection between us and our character actresses, where we feel allowed to be us because they are so unashamedly portraying these characters that are sometimes larger than life. So, who would you pick? Gideon, you really love to turn the microphone around on this podcast. Really? Lots of... Lots yeah, of I'm a um, curious who would, guy. Who would I choose? Um, I have said a, a long time ago, and I think this is still a good answer, um, Alana Ubach, who has been in every fucking thing. She is uh, the mom in... 
Hello, HBO. Um, uh, Zendaya, the drug oh, okay, euphoria. euphoria. She's the Got mom it. in Euphoria. She's okay. in Sister Act Two, my favorite movie of all time. Um, she is um, the Hispanic ho- uh, housekeeper in Meet the Fockers. Jace, I got a boob job. Uh, okay. She is. I mean, Alana Ubach is has been in everything, and she. But then, of course, there's like, there's a lot. There's a lot. But I, I think that that's an answer that I can feel proud in giving you. If I'm saying I'm, there's a character actress, I'll say her name is Dominique Fishback or is she an actress? I don't know. I think she's doing baller work. I think she is quite transformative. I would save her because I want to see what else she can do. But then there's a part of me that you said, who, what actress am I want to, do I want to save? And it's Bernadette Peters because I just don't want her to die. So that's where I'm at right now. I just don't want her to die. The Gideon Glick story. Bernie is a stunning answer. And also, I'm looking up Dominique Fishback and also um, thinking what a gorgeous... She's 32 years old. And if anybody was wondering, she did go to Pace University just to kind of set the record straight. Um, But really, really great references here. Um, So Gideon, Bernadette Peters, we have saved her. Was your entree, was it her Into the Woods VHS? What, what, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to watch that on repeat. I, I remember yeah. um, on, on Friday, my mom would, uh, she would pick me up from school and then we'd go to TLA Video because that's the only, it actually had the gay section and the musical section. They were right next to each other. So I'd walk through the gay section, look at the boys, and then go to the musical section and then take Into the Woods. And then I would just watch it all weekend. And that's what I would do. I love that visual. I want to give you a, my Into the Woods visual is one of the best makeout sessions of my life was freshman year of NYU. I We put the mattress on the floor. We put on, uh, we watch act one <laughs> of Into the Woods. We put on act two and then we just go down to Brown Town. <laughs> was, actually, we didn't, we didn't fuck because I was fully 18 and a half had no idea what was going on but um made out till the cows came home till the white the cow was white as milk came home okay honey honey, milky white but no we didn't make any milky white we did not make any milky white that night um so uh, gorgeous segue because i also saw you in into the woods at shakespeare (laughs) in the park oh you really have seen seen my stuff Gideon, not, I'm not, not joking. a lot of people I, have <laughs> I, I do a lot of when I do prep for these interviews I of course like to like find things I want to talk about and I was looking through your credits and I was like this is embarrassing I have seen him <laughs> in so many fucking of I'm his thrilled. Shows. I am too but I'm also like oh my god I have seen him in so many things so um obviously the gayest of the gays listening know that you did Into the Woods at Shakespeare in the Park at the Delacorte, New York City. Amy Adams was in it. Jesse Mueller was in it. Uh, I mean, a lot of amazing people. Um, and then you, of course, were Jack. Um, I don't actually have a good question about it <laughs> other than <laughs> to tell you that I saw it. Um, but let's let's go. Let's lean into the celebrity of it all. What is something? This is now me. I'm pretending to be the Perez Hilton of 2024. What is something that would surprise us about Amy Adams? <laughs> What would surprise you about Amy Adams? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Amy, um, I mean, I don't have an answer to that. I'm, I'm really sorry. Don't be. Like, it's an what, awful what a, question. It's not a good question. No, I'm sorry. It's an awful it's question. You're like, what was the question is like, so you work with a celebrity. 
period. <laughs> like that's truly what that, that question is in its subtext. Um, but you, it's, I remember that show. It's, you, the, I think the thing that's cool about your career that is uh, a true muzzle is like being a part of these projects that sure have buzz but underneath the buzz is the actual like goodness of the show so like spring awakening of course was like oh my god it's you know young it's lay michelle getting plowed by jonathan groff when they're 12 like we get it but then it's also like unbelievable music unbelievable story so effective emotionally this into the woods was so fucking good you got the tony nom for best featured actor in to kill a mockingbird i'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that i saw it but i am gonna uh tell you that i <laughs> Short was amazing. <laughs> you then, you then, you then do um, Maestro. You do all of these unbelievable projects. So it's it's kind of a, a cuckoo career, and I am so so. It's now cool to say that I now know Gideon Glick. So not to make you feel weird or anything, but how cool how cool is that? Well, thank you, Eric. Well, you know what's funny is Into the Woods because it meant so much to me as a kid. And it's still, it's probably is my favorite musical still. And doing it in the park, it was such a, um, first of all, it's just so cool to be able to do something that you wanted to be a part of your whole life. And then I remember it was like one night and I was listening to Dennis O'Hare sing No More with Chip Zion, who I, like Chip Zion for me was the original Baker. I, you know that, but um, other people might not. Um, I remember the first day of rehearsal, I texted my brother and I was like, I can't. and obviously, look, you have Amy Adams right there and Donna Murphy and, and Dennis O'Hare. And, and I, it was Chip Zion. I was like, I cannot believe I'm, I'm, I'm next to Chip Zion. And so I was listening to the Dennis O'Hare and Chip Zion sing No More. And, you know, I was looking up at the stars and I thought to myself, I don't know if it could get better than this. And there was also an anxiety where I was like, what if this is it? Like, what if this is the peak? Because I couldn't, it meant so much to me that I couldn't mm. perceive it as as anything going beyond it. And I was just thinking about that the other day. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I can absolutely put myself in those shoes because there's something also, not to go full circle, but something very Jewish about like, <laughs> is this it like is like it, yeah. there's like there's like like is this can't this certainly can't there nothing can be as good as this and the reason why this is so good is because it will be the last good thing <laughs> yes all. It's yeah like like i mean perry's always whenever something is going well like his anxiety is it's going well something will not go well now because i mean it's just so it's so jewish we're so jewish taylor's oldest time well listen i cannot say enough good things about uh what this episode has been and what talking to you has been but before i officially round us out and end this recording i need to ask you a question you've not been prepped on and the question is gideon glick if larry's turquoise ring made you gay and the gorgeous form of men made you gay. What is keeping you gay today? Is it a pop culture moment? Is it a specific pornography? Is it a stunning meal you've had? What's keeping Gideon gay now? I mean, I, I have to be honest. It's going to be annoying, but it's Barbara Streisand. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, again, I've listened to... 
finished 48 hours. I'm about 40% of uh, through the second listen. Um, this time I'm I'm stopping to listen to all the records, and I I I don't know how that couldn't be the engine of being gay. I I I, I don't mean to be a broken record, but that it's is not, what it is. Well, you just did a beautiful full circle. I think that that is absolutely making you a gaping wide gay person. And uh, it is such an honor to be seeing you 40% of the way through your second <laughs> listen. And you're inspiring us all to finish our first. Um, Gideon, before we round, uh, stop recording. Where can people follow you? At GidGlick and on don't Instagram. Get it twisted. Follow Gideon um, Mazeltov again on Maestro. I am so excited for uh, the Oscars coming up, and I hope to be able to give you a hug in person in this lifetime sometime soon. I hope so too. Mazel. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of That's a Gay Ass Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to tag us on Instagram, Gideon Glick and me, Eric Williams, at Eric Wills, to let the world know and let him know how much you love that. And if you want to be a part of our comment contest, go to your Apple Podcast player, click five stars, and tell me the character actress that you would save if the world was ending and why. I will read my favorites on the podcast next week. And if you want that bonus story of my Mexican reunion, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash podcast. I'll see you next week. Stay gay ass. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.